everybody. Welcome back to another episode of The Essentials with me, Maddie Flint. The subject today is women in our modern American society. So to begin, I have a clip of Senator Blackburn asking Biden's newest Supreme Court nominee, Judge Katanji Brown Jackson, to define the word woman. Now to me and to anybody who's listening, hopefully all of you, that sounds like a really simple question, but apparently you need to be a biologist to be able to answer it. Can you provide a definition for the word woman? Can I provide a definition? Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. I can't. You can't? N- not in okay. this context. So I'm you not a biologist. The meaning of the word woman is so unclear and controversial that you can't give me a definition? Senator, in my work as a judge, what I do is I address disputes. If there's a dispute about a definition, people make arguments and I look at the law and I decide. So I'm not. The fact that you can't give me a straight answer about something as fundamental as what a woman is underscores the dangers of the kind of progressive education that we are hearing about. So the first thing I want to say about that clip in regards to Judge Katanji Jackson is that nobody should be disputing the word woman. The word woman shouldn't even be controversial, but our society has somehow managed to make that possible. And in this podcast, I'm going to talk about a ton of things that make a woman a woman. And yes, biology is a big part of that. A real women's rights activist would be advocating against trans women competing in biological women's sports. That is a no-brainer. Female athletes deserve a space for competition where they won't have to be competing against men. That's so unfair. People preach about equity and equality and everything else. But then they allow this to happen so they don't hurt people's feelings. This is a disgrace to female athletes. It's robbing them of their chances of success, which is totally unfair because they've trained so hard to get to where they are and they deserve a shot at winning. I mean, that is why they're there. And women did struggle in the past when it came to joining workforces, getting into fields like art even, or politics, business. Imagine that. Women can do whatever they want now. I just wanted to highlight two female painters, actually, who made huge contributions to the world of art. Italian painter Artemisia Gentileschi is the first one, and Flemish painter Clara Peters. In the 1600s, Gentileschi was in the Baroque era, and she is considered to be among one of the most accomplished 17th century artists, initially working in the style of a great artist himself, Caravaggio. She was producing professional work by the age of 15, and in this time period of history, women were typically not able to receive the same training and couldn't get into apprenticeships unless their father was an artist. If that was the case, and this was the case for Gentileschi, they would be discovered and sent to proper training where they could then expand on their talents. Secondly, Clara Peters. Clara actually started the subject of painting flowers, foods, cups, vases, goblets in still life form. And this is so popular to this day. Chances are every one of you has seen a painting of a basket of flowers or a table with some food laid out on it. This whole concept was started in the 1600s, and it can still be seen everywhere. And I just wanted to recognize Clara for that. Now I'm going to go back in history a lot further into the ancient times, where views and treatments of women were very different than they are now. 
but it was different per each ethnic group. For example, Rome. Defined by the men in their lives, women in ancient Rome were valued as mainly wives and mothers. Although some were allowed more freedom than others, there was always a limit, even for the daughter of an emperor. Next is Greece. The most important duties for a city-dwelling woman were to bear children, preferably male, and to run the household. Neither of these cultures permitted women to vote. But then Sparta, which was different. Spartan women actually had more rights than any other women in the Greek city-state of the classical period which was the 5th and 4th centuries BCE. Women could inherit property, own land, make business transactions, and were better educated than women in ancient Greece in general. Unlike Athens, where women were considered second-class citizens, Spartan women were said to rule their men. That's cool. I like that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay. Then I have Egypt. And in Egypt, a woman's role as a mother and wife still came first in Egyptian society. Some professions in which women worked included weaving, perfume making, and entertainment. Egyptian women could have their own businesses, they could sell property, and they could serve as witnesses in court cases. Unlike most women in the Middle East, they were even permitted to be in the company of men. They could escape bad marriages by divorcing and remarrying, which was unheard of in a lot of cultures in that time period. They were also entitled to one-third of the property that their husbands owned, the political and economic rights Egyptian women enjoyed made them the most liberated females of their time. One of the first women to hold the rank of pharaoh was Hatshepsut, who began her rule in about 1500 BC. Hatshepsut took care of her people and built temples to the gods as well as other public buildings. And the buildings that she had put up were really incredible. I've seen some of the images of them. Now, most of these societies in the past were patriarchies. This is not a new concept that means toxic masculinity. That's just another term coined by some woke leftist that gives people something else to victimize themselves with. And we can take a look back at biblical times, for example. Women had very significant roles, household ones mostly, but women are figures that provide so much help, so much guidance and care to their families. Today's society wants women to think that wanting to be a mom and cook for your family or raise your own children, homeschool them, or spend time with your developing toddler to be a bad thing. Society frowns upon that because they think that that's a, too traditional for a woman. And that's too limiting and discriminatory. But if that's what you want to do, that's what you should do. Who said that women could only be strong if we go out and scream about killing babies being a healthcare service that we have a right to? Or if we get out there and work as a model and an activist, get more masculine, turn femininity upside down? It's a thing of the past. They say that our female reproductive system doesn't define us as women. Personally, I think that's extremely degrading. We take on being, women take on a lot being carriers of life. So many young women are getting brainwashed into thinking they've got to act a certain way to be classified as a strong woman. By the time women's suffrage movements had spread and taken effect, Great Britain, this happened in Great Britain at the same time as the US, um, both Great Britain and the US saw women gain freedoms to vote. This was in the 1920s, early 1920s. Black women in America worked so hard to live freely, and they they did have it hard. I'm not saying that racism didn't exist or whatever, because it did. It just wasn't systemic. It was 
something that in the eyes of people in the South was okay. Obviously, culture norms and times have changed for the better. But during then, black women really did struggle to live freely. They worked so hard, not only for themselves, but for their children and for their grandchildren to one day live freely too. And the left now has turned young black women away from their reality. They are not victims any longer. They are not limited to being housemaids for work. They are free. It's unfair to tell them that because of their skin color, they're not gonna get a job, or because of their skin color, they are gonna face more challenges in life. Being black is gonna cause a lot more problems for them in a white racist world. That is a huge lie. Now, I recently had to watch a TED Talk in one of my college classes by Kimberlé Crenshaw, and it's about intersectionality. And I just sat back and, and thought to myself, why am I watching this? What am I going to gain from this? What would this be teaching me? What's beneficial from this video? Nothing, really. Crenshaw said it was urgent for all of us to start understanding intersectionality because social problems like racism and sexism are overlapping. She said that black women are facing double discrimination. What people like Crenshaw don't seem to understand is that jobs are based on ability. How able is this person when it comes to applying and landing a job? There are specific skills that each one calls for, and if you're not qualified, you're not gonna get the job. And that's pretty simple. Everybody who's been through middle school should know that. It's not because of your race. Women have come so far in working for more equal treatment, well, I believe we should have that equal treatment and chances for big jobs in a quote-unquote man's world. I don't believe we should be treated like men. We are two different genders, and personally, I believe there are only two created by God. Now, I'm going to jump back into some biblical context here. God created the woman as an ezer. The word occurs 21 times in the Old Testament. In two cases, it refers to the first woman, Eve, in Genesis 2. Three times it refers to powerful nations. Israel called on for help when besieged. In the 16 remaining cases of the word, refers to God as our help. He is the one who comes alongside us in our helplessness. And we are helpless. We are. You can't say that you're not. You are. Because we live on this earth, and everything out of this earth is wrong. Anyway, that's the meaning of Acer. Because God is not subordinate to his creatures, any idea that an ace or helper is inferior is wrong. In his book, Man and Woman, One in Christ, Philip Payne puts it this way. The noun here used, Azer, throughout the Old Testament does not suggest helper as in servant, but help as in savior, rescuer, protector as in God is our help. In no other occurrence in the Old Testament does this refer to an inferior, but always to a superior or an equal. Help expresses that the woman is help or strength who rescues and saves man. Now there are some traditional Christian women who do have a different view on this where the man is truly believed to have power over her. But according to this Hebrew context, the woman was not created to serve the man, but to serve with the man. That's what a lot of leftists don't understand when they look at Christianity and they blame all Christians for being misogynistic, racist, the list goes on. But they don't know that 
Christians don't believe women are subordinate to man. Without the woman, the man was only half the story. I love that. I'll include the article name of this passage at the end of the show if you want to read more into it. It's really interesting. So, we've come so far, overcoming treatment that was not even intended by God for us to endure. I'm talking about us females. Like one, for example, the female infanticide in China, which was under the communist regime. And official population statistics indicate a loss of more than 230,000 baby girls in 1981. A casualty list that is said to have grown dramatically in more recent years, but the communist Chinese government tightened its nationwide policy, limiting Chinese couples to one child, and they've refused to reveal sex ratios of newborns after 1981. After all of the things we fought for, that American prairie women worked so hard for, that female athletes dreamed for, modern woke America is throwing all of that progress away. Biological men are competing in women's sports, which is unfair. And I'm not saying that females aren't good athletes. Of course they are. They're amazing. But we just shouldn't be comparing ourselves to men. We're biologically built different. It'd be like saying men were better at carrying growing humans in them for nine months, but they're not built for that. We are. Having children changes us forever. We don't just have the kid and go on as if it didn't happen. Although a lot of women now are doing that, which is a big problem because they're missing from their child's lives during the most crucial developmental stages. But maybe that's a subject for another podcast because I could go into that a little bit further. I don't want to digress too much. So we'll just go back to what I was going to finish saying. There are some chauvinists out there though, just like there are some racists out there, but these people are just ignorant individuals. These aren't rooted themes of America. For living proof that women are free here, you could look up the Speaker of the House, love her or despise her, female members of the House of Representatives in the Senate, look up influential speakers and Olympic athletes, check out our Supreme Court justices, duties of the First Lady, Grammy Award-winning singers, and then we have our teachers. Never take our teachers for granted, by the way. They do so much for our country. And there are some really excellent teachers out there. Then we have our nurses, and all of our nursing students out there who are on their way to becoming registered, practicing nurses. My heart goes out to all of them. Doctors, there's plenty of female doctors who are excellent in what they do. There's females who work in radio. They're amazing radio personalities, amazing political commentators, actresses, and you wouldn't see female actresses in theaters in England in like early Shakespearean times. Women weren't allowed to be actresses then, but they are now. And the top actresses are making a ton of money. So when people try to throw that whole gender wage gap thing on you, you could ask how much Emma Stone is going to make in comparison to some random guy that no one knows about. Of course, she's going to make more. It's about ability once again. But yeah, the list of occupations held by women is never ending. So yeah, there's always going to be chauvinists out there too, but not all men are bad. We don't need to be afraid of men and hating men because a few of them are no good. There's women who are no good. Being a good person is internal, so it has absolutely nothing to do with your skin color or with your sexuality. It's about morals, beliefs, values, things that make up a person's character. Your body's the least important thing anybody should be seeing you for, but don't victimize yourself by saying your outward appearance is gonna stop you from succeeding in life. That's what these woke leftists want you to believe, and that's wrong. So back to women. We should all be completely grossed out at what labels woke leftists, no, they're not Democrats, they're very different, are putting on women. They want chivalry to be dead. 
They want you in some quote-unquote mask suit and a short haircut while at the same time being a woman when it comes to abortion so you can scream your body your choice. And also exploiting your body to make money on social media, normalizing that, which is damaging to women in a thousand different ways. Women's bodies are sacred. God does not want this for us. The devil does. So really, the devil is working. As is mentioned in the Bible, James 4.4 specifically, do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Therefore, whoever wishes to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Now that is harsh, but it's a good reminder that this world is throwing stuff at us that's immoral. We'll go back to abortion again for an example like this. Abortion is celebrated. Killing the unborn is celebrated. There's trans women, men, who are using women's bathrooms, the same bathrooms our daughters use. It's awful. Women should start embracing their femininity again. And it can be anything we want it to be. Femininity is unique to every woman. If you want to go out and support yourself so that you can gift your family members or buy things that you want or support your family, you should. No rules. That's feminine. If you want a short haircut, get one. You'll probably look amazing with it, better than I would. I don't think I would look good with a really short haircut. But other people out there do. Embrace your female beauty. That doesn't mean that you now have to be masculine and switch genders if you don't want to look like a traditional woman. Women can be women however we want, but we will always and forever be different from men. So that's going to conclude today's episode of The Essentials. And I just have that article title. It's called God Created Women as an Ezer Kind of Helper. And it's an article produced by T.O.W. Project from Theology of Work. And I just want to thank everybody for their listen and for their support. Take care.